Welcome to Product by Design with Kyle and Eva, a podcast about product management and product design, where we'll talk about subjects from product strategy to inclusive design. Every episode, we just have a good conversation about all the things that you may already know or not know, and occasionally we'll have a guest from maybe engineering or other product managers and designers to talk about all these topics. Welcome back to another episode of Product by Design with Kyle and Eva. I'm Kyle. I'm Eva. How's it going, Eva? <laughs> Great. We're still in the middle of an epidemic, and that doesn't seem like it's going to stop anytime soon. So I think I've also adjusted to work from home a little better. I am past that like stir crazy stage. What about you? Yeah, I I feel like I've adjusted pretty well to it. I enjoy working from home, so that's a good thing. But it does feel like we're getting deeper and deeper into the forest rather than necessarily getting out of it. So I know that's a little bit difficult for a lot of folks. And hopefully we'll start to get out out of it at some point. I don't know. Uh, yes, it is kind of scary. And we drove by Costco Costco this morning and there, the line has only gotten longer. We have not been to Costco for like a month because you just can't get in and so we went to Trader Joe's and there is a line now. Um, they, they started controlling how many people can go into the store, which, you know, good for them. Um, I think they might be a little more <laughs> uh, proactive about this than the government sometimes. And yeah, so things are changing and we're, you know, charging into it. Yeah. Yeah. We ordered uh, groceries from Costco. And we tried ordering toilet paper from them. We were hopeful, like fingers crossed that they would send some, but. What do you mean ordering? Ordering, like you can order groceries from Costco. Like you place your order and they deliver it to you. And yeah, it's amazing. So if you haven't ordered groceries from Costco, go do it. Um, Oh, (laughs) but they only deliver it if they have on what they have on hand. And so if they don't have like toilet paper on hand, when they go to get your order ready, they won't deliver it. So instead they delivered bananas to us. I guess that was like their replacement for toilet paper. (laughs) Did you have banana in your cart? No, we didn't. No, we didn't order any bananas. So it was like, I guess just eat bananas instead of instead of use toilet paper or use the banana pills. I don't know what the thinking was there, but it was, it was, here's some bananas instead of toilet paper. I love that. I love that right now we're living in a time where the equivalent of toilet paper is banana. That's nature's toilet paper. I guess. It can be. I I don't know. Yeah. Apparently it's nature's toilet. Yeah. So the, the bananas inside and then the banana peels after I, I don't know exactly what the thinking is, but it's nature's toilet paper. There you go. What a wonderful start to this episode. And <laughs> I, I am going to remember that forever, but all right. So um, I guess I'm sure everyone's sick of hearing about coronavirus. It's on the news. It's everywhere. So we are here to talk about um, product management today. So we are going to also in the next episode, talk about product design, um, kind of diving deeper into both topics, but we'll start with product management. And that is definitely more um, Kyle's realm of work. And I am excited to hear more from you on that. And I know that we started talking a little bit about product management last time. And let's start with the first um, 
question that I have, like, how would you define product management? What is it? It's a great question. I think the short answer for me is helping product teams deliver value by creating and building the right products. So we can kind of unpack that a little bit. I mean, ultimately, product management is about finding the right things for the business, the right uh, things for users, and the right technical products to build. So ultimately, I mean, that's kind of a a, a Venn diagram that has been popularized quite a bit by um, Martin Erickson, I believe, where, I mean, ultimately, it's about finding the, the business viability. What are the things that are going to, to work for the business? And then what are the, the things that our users are going to want or need? What are the problems that we're going to solve for them? And then how are we actually going to do those things uh, from a technical standpoint? And pulling, really pulling all of that together in a way that uh, makes sense for really everybody involved. So kind of being in the middle of this complexity that really is product development and then helping to ensure that we're as a product development team or a, a product organization or a company focusing on the right things in the right way. And that's really at the heart of product management is making sure that we're doing the right things in the right way. And that's kind of the core of it for me. I feel like I can ask like five questions to each of the responsibilities that you just <laughs> mentioned, because that's a lot. And um, I, I mean, I work closely with all the product managers and I, I see that everyone does have to carry that, you know, many responsibilities. It's, it's very impressive, um, first of all. And um, I guess I, I want to uh, ask you a follow up question. You kind of mentioned like the viability and kind of re, uh, uh you're responsible for the product, you know, uh, and when someone from, you know, at the stakeholder group comes and asks you about the product, you are the person who, you know, have to answer as a product manager, product manager. Right. So what, what does that look like usually? Great question. There's, there's been a lot of debate, I think, over this idea of is a product manager, the CEO of a, of the product, and I've kind of gone back and forth on this topic over the course of my career a bunch, where initially I kind of fell on the side of no, the, the product manager is not the CEO of the product. It's a bad analogy. And over the last little while, I've kind of fallen back into the camp of actually, it's not a bad analogy at all, uh, where you know, I was having a conversation with a product manager who he he was, it wasn't the attitude of like, um, you know, I own this product and it's mine and I'm going to make all the decisions, but it was really, he, he had the attitude of this is my product in a way that I'm not going to let bad stuff get into this. I'm going to do right by the business. I'm going to do right by our users and I'm not going to let, you know, bad ideas get in here or bad code or, just bad things because this is mine. I own it. And at the end of the day, like, you know, I'm on, I'm on the hook for this. Like it's my neck that's on the line. 
And, you know, I'm just not going to let bad things happen to this because, because of that sense of ownership. And that's, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. And that, that's kind of where I started to come back around to that idea of, you know, that it really is a good analogy because that's the kind of ownership that a product manager really should feel with their products in that, you know, they, they own that, that product or products in a way that, you know, their neck really is on the line for it. And they need to know it inside and out in a way that people can approach them and get the answers that they need or get uh, direction or um, get the help for questions as they come to it. So whether that's stakeholders or users or um, developers or anybody who kind of needs to understand what's going on at any given time, you know, a, a product manager kind of sits as uh, from like a technical sense, if we we're kind of to compare them to like an API, you know, they're kind mm -hmm. of sitting in the middle of it and, and are the ones that can go and fetch all of that information and then bring it back in a way that they can deliver it to folks. So not necessarily being the one who has everything, but being the one who can go and find out and get that information and being kind of at the center of this complexity again and really owning it in a way that they feel that ownership and feel the need to uh, to deliver that value and to make sure that it's going to be successful for everybody involved. I really like all those perspectives that you have mentioned, kind of like the gatekeeper of, you know, kind of guarding the product against all the bad decisions and, and, and anything that is bad that can happen to it, kind of a protector. Would you say that's accurate? Yeah, I think a protector of it's a great, a great one, a, a defender of it, a, a, a CEO of it. I think there's a bunch of great analogies that you can kind of use that no analogy is perfect. And so that's where, you know, you can kind of start to nitpick some of them and they start to break down at certain points, like, mm -hmm. you know, where again, none of them are perfect. And so we can't dive right. too deep and say like, yeah, well, they're not, you know, they're not the CEO because of this thing or this thing. And, and th those are true, but they're good analogies and that they kind of help paint the picture of why, you know, why a product manager functions in the way that they do or, or how they should really be thinking about their product in certain ways, whether that's kind of defending it or owning it in that way. Just right before you said that, oh, there cannot be a perfect analogy. I was just about to say like, what about like comparing it to being a parent? You kind of growing this little thing into <laughs> and while guarding on the bad things happening to it. I was very excited about that. Also like while thinking about the different, you know, stages that a product would go through, you know, the, the introduction phase and kind of, uh, what else maturity and the growth, you know, that all, all involved in just like, uh, raising a child, I would guess, but, but yeah, I, I also am very curious. So within all these responsibilities and all the duties that a product manager, uh, own, um, on a ground level, what does that look like? Like what kind of meetings or what kind of conversations, uh, does a product manager usually have with the rest of the business? Oh boy. Uh, <laughs> so, so many meetings. Um, it's What's your favorite, favorite meeting. <laughs> <laughs> the, 
that that's a tough question. I'd probably have to like rank them in order of least favorite meeting and then like <laughs> get to the bottom and be like, well, I guess by default, this is my favorite just because <laughs> um, and that's no offense to anybody listening to this who we have meetings with because we love all our meetings and everybody we, we, we yes, meet with. Exactly. Let's not rank. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, you know, probably as a product manager, uh, you know, kind of going back to, to product management days. Um, I, I think that I think as a product, well, it, it's tough because as a product manager, you know, you, you have a lot of different meetings because you have a lot of different groups that you're meeting with. So kind of from a broad level, you're meeting regularly with your, you know, some, your key stakeholders is one in order to, you know, keep them updated on what's going on to get their input as far as prioritization for the business. You know, what are their major concerns and major needs uh, and things that they're thinking about from a business perspective? Um, you're meeting regularly with your development team who, you know, you're very close to as a product manager in, you know, prioritizing uh, what they're working on in understanding you know, the, the technical aspect of everything that's going on, helping them understand from a user perspective, you know, what the users care about, you know, what they're thinking about, why we're doing the things that we're doing. And, you know, a lot of times you're really close with your development team and, and those are really good meetings as well. And then of course, and possibly most importantly, hopefully as a product manager, you're meeting frequently with the actual users and customers of your product so that you can actually understand what it is that they're doing, what the problems are that you're solving for and understanding how they're using your products. Because it's one thing to think that you understand what and how users mm -hmm. use your product. It's another thing to actually see it in the wild and, you know, have them demonstrate for you what they're doing, why they're doing it. And those are probably some of the most enlightening meetings that you can have is to actually see the way that people use the products that you have, because good chance that it's not how you think that they do it. And it's not the way that you intended it either. You know, the way that users will change things that you do is incredible. And so being able to actually see that in action and take back, you know, how is it that they've taken what we've done from a product perspective and changed it to fit their needs better? And what can we do to understand that? And that kind of goes back to the, you know, the those different areas that we talk about is, you know, you have these these different parts of product management and you have kind of those meetings with those different groups in order to ensure that you're focused on you know the business the the technical aspect and then also the usability from a user perspective that is a lot of teams and a lot of people that a product manager has to work with i mean all i can see is like <laughs> product manager talking talking to engineering talking to designer talking to test you know uh, ux people and talking to stakeholders and it's different people every hour every day but um how much teamwork do you think it really involves in within product management i think it's one of the most teamwork oriented roles that i i can imagine i mean there might be others out there but really it's it, it's almost 100% about kind of building a team and a coalition 
Because like you mentioned, everything gets done through a coalition of teamwork. And you know, ultimately there's kind of that key trifecta of product development, which is the the product manager, the the UX or product designer, and the technical lead. So whoever those three are, ensuring that we're moving the product forward in a way that makes sense for the business, makes sense from a technical perspective, and makes sense for the user. So getting all of those different perspectives and then making sure that, you know, it's from a product manager's perspective, making sure that we're continually kind of aligning all of those other groups involved so that you know we can continue the work and continue moving everybody forward in kind of a cohesive way. And there's just so much complexity and so much messiness that is kind of goes into that. I was having a conversation, um, I want to say the other day, it could have been weeks ago, it could have been days ago. I, <laughs> time 2016 or 2013 yeah. Kyle <laughs> yeah, exactly I mean, time is immaterial at this point we just we don't even know um where talking about how the the messiness of product management and product just in general is a lot different than a lot of other roles and you just have to kind of accept that and it was it, it was kind of a relief uh, for this person because, you know, they were kind of un understanding that it's not just them, you know, kind of in this messiness, but that's the role is that it is a lot of, uh, complexity and a lot of messiness in getting to ultimately what is hopefully a good end result. But through all of that, you know, there's, there's just not a lot of structure and that can be a difficult thing for a lot of people because it's not necessarily like a clear cut path from, you know, here's the start and here's all of the milestones along the way. And then here's the end. And it's, you know, kind of this nice, easy path all or clear path all along the way. You know, it's very much a, a kind of a, a winding road in order to get to the end. And then really, it's going to be kind of a messy, a messy thing all along the way. And then even when you get to the end, you just kind of reset and it's going to be continually messy regardless. So you just have to kind of get used to that yeah. as a product manager. As you're telling that story, that journey, it makes me think of a Lord of the Rings where Frodo is tasked to do this thing, but it takes a lot more than just him on this journey. And I, I just want to make this like comparison that yeah it really feels like you have to defeat a lot of different monsters and you have to have a lot of different teammates and all product managers in a way they're all frodos i guess <laughs> yeah it is a difficult journey and and i guess on my pre previous team and i saw a lot of that like just so much time trying to make sure everyone everyone is aligned and at the same time if there's one part that is uh changed and it might you know create this chain effect of oh then design will have to change and then uh, we have to go back to the stakeholders to adjust all these expectations and it's a lot um to do uh, and and it's all done by the product manager and I, I i think it's very impressive um so we have kind of gone gone through a lot of what is product management and and my next question would be um what is not product management i think it's pretty wide open um, you know, so product management, 
I think is looking at kind of the holistic experience of the product. So one of those things that product management isn't is project management. And I think that that it's an easy confusion because the names are so similar. And Mm. I think more often, uh, probably too often is product managers kind of get caught in a lot of project management, but ultimately good product management should be kind of separated from project management where product management is more focused on, you know, the, the life cycle of the product, the, the strategic vision of what we're doing and kind of the holistic experience where project management is much more finite in here are kind of the distinct, distinct chunks of work that we're doing and focused on kind of delivering on the specific timelines of those things. And those are very like different roles. You know, they have some overlap and some similar skill sets, but ultimately like very different things. And we can kind of get them confused a lot of times, Mm. but um, I think it's important to kind of make a a distinction between those and uh, product management too, isn't, it's a lot bigger than some other roles as well, like product ownership, which is kind of a, a specific thing within uh, Scrum, the Scrum framework. Um, and product management isn't um, the customer itself. So product managers work a lot with customers, but we shouldn't mistake ourselves for being the customer or the user of our product. If, if you think of yourself as the user, then you're missing out on a lot of actual good user input. And so it's important to not mistake yourself for that as well. Now, hopefully you are a user of your product or at least well-versed <laughs> in it, but you don't want to mistake you, right. make the mistake of thinking that you are the user or the person that you're building for. I really love that because it is very uh, user-oriented thinking and in design, we talk about, oh, you should never design for yourself because you are not the only person this is, you know, serving. Um, so I really love that mentality. And I I want to ask you about um, skill set since you brought it up. Um, so what are some skills that do you think is required um, of a product manager? So when I think of really good product managers, I think that there's a couple skills really core skills that come to mind for me. Uh, the first is empathy. So good product managers are really empathetic. Um, and that kind of cuts across a, a bunch of different areas. So they need to be empathetic first with users. So understand uh, the user's needs uh, and also empathetic with uh, business stakeholders. Um, I think we often lose that in product management, but it's important to empathize with, you know, our business teams because, you know, they're an important part of, you know, the product world and and what we're doing. Um, The second thing is, you know, product managers really need to be good communicators. And that needs to be written communication, uh, verbal communication, because a huge part of what they're doing 
uh, what we're doing is communicating. Um, so that's communicating to executives, communicating to leaders, communicating to development teams, to users, pretty much the role of a, uh, a product manager is communicating all of the time. And so being able to communicate big ideas, small ideas um, in an effective way is such an important part of a product manager's job. Uh, I'd say another one is uh, leadership. So mm -hmm. being able to lead primarily without authority because you know product managers for the most part don't have any formal authority in what they're doing. Uh, most product managers don't have anybody reporting to them. And so anything that you're doing as a product manager, you have to influence other people into kind of coming along with your ideas. So you have to be able to empathize and communicate them and also influence without authority, lead people in the right direction and help them understand the right way to go and really get them on board with those ideas and, and lead, you know, development teams, lead stakeholders, just lead large groups and small groups in, in the right direction. And so, you know, if I was to kind of break down some of the core characteristics and skill sets, you know, I would say that those for me would probably be like the top three that I would look for, like top three skills uh, for, for a product manager. I really love, uh, uh, the last part that you said about, um, creating this team where it's not like, Oh, you're working for me to build it, build this product, but it's, we're all building this product together without the product manager being the, you know, <laughs> Oh, you're managing me to do this thing, but it's, it's more of, we are all, um, for this mission, we're building something together that we believe in. And I think that's very beautiful. And that I think also motivates everyone to give your best instead of thinking, oh, you know, this is just what my boss wants or, you know, what my manager wants. But it's really a mission that we we all sign up to do while working on the same product. I, I think that's beautiful. Um, so one question about uh, the skills that are required to be a good product manager too. And I, I think I've heard it from some of my friends that are interested in going to, into this direction. They are, they are somehow all picking out this one particular skill that they're afraid that they're not, uh, they don't have, which is the technical uh, part to understand how the infrastructure of the product uh, uh, is built of the, you know, the coding and the architecture of the engineering side. Um, so how, how, what's your perspective on a product manager needing to understand um, engineering or how much of that does a product manager need to understand? Such a good question. And we'll probably need like an entire podcast episode <laughs> to dive into this. This um, is actually a six part series. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> and I'll go back to classic answer. It depends. <laughs> so I, 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 our favorite answer. Yeah. <laughs> so short answer is uh, yes. I think a good product manager manager needs to have enough knowledge that they can kind of go broad and have a good enough conversation with pretty much anybody 
about the product and what's going on in order to talk intelligently and understand um, how, you know, how things are progressing. And that's going to vary kind of across different products. And so, you know, uh, in one, in one example, um, several years ago, you know, we were working on a database migration for one of the products, um, at our organization. And that was, you know, that's a, a much more deeply technical thing in understanding, like, how are we going to accomplish this? What are all of the aspects that are going to go into it? And then how long is it going to take? And, and all of these different things for our product and how does that change the entire infrastructure of the product? And so being able to understand all of that and talk to it and, um, you know, that was pretty much everything that was going on. And so being able to dive deeper into that was an important part of the role as a product manager. Not everybody's going through something like that, but being able to do that at the time was really important. So I think um, having a general understanding of um, coding and engineering practices and um, the infrastructure and architecture, those types of things is going to be important for any product manager. And then the level of technical expertise is going to vary just depending on the role. There are places where it's much more important to have a more in-depth technical knowledge. Um, I know that there are some companies who only want to hire much more technical product managers and other companies where having more general knowledge is going to be okay. And so that's kind of where it does depend. I think there's like a baseline level that most product managers need to have in order to, you know, that's just kind of um, table stakes in order to, to get in. But then, you know, just depending on the product that you're working on and uh, the company and just a bunch of different factors, that's where the level of knowledge is, is going to kind of vary for different right. product managers. So it sounds like you support the idea that um, they don't need to know everything, but if it does come with, you know, in the package, then it helps you to do your job better. And baseline is that conceptual level. You should be able to understand kind of the, the basic infrastructure of the application that you're building. Yeah. Is that, is that correct? Yep. Perfect. And I also think it's interesting that that is the one part of you know uh, uh besides design testing reporting data all these different you know components to a product and that seems to be the one that more people are scared of just because it's the barrier i, I think it's a lot higher um than let's say if you have to find a design-minded product manager is probably easier to find someone who's a uh, engineering minded. <laughs> right. And I, I, I guess I've never heard of that before, which I don't know. Is that a thing? Like, a, I guess you mentioned technical product manager. Yeah. So the, I mean, there are places that uh, will only hire more technical product managers. So they look for more engineers who mm. come from, more of an engineering background who want to jump into product management. At least I know that's kind of been the case in the past. Um, and then, you know, I, I know that there are other places that, you know, look for maybe less of that technical background, but still a, a deeper knowledge. I, I think it varies, but it, it can be, 
you know, I think it can certainly be kind of a scary thing just because getting that level of knowledge or, or getting some of that experience without having been in that field or doing some of those things can be can be a little bit intimidating. And so how do you do that without um, kind of diving in, I think is kind of a question. Mm -hmm. And then within product management in general, like it's such a kind of this area where there's not a lot of definition. And so it's so wide open as far as what do you do and how do you do it and what are you know some of the right things to do. And so it's, it's definitely an interesting topic. Again, we should definitely dive into this one a little bit deeper. Yeah. And I think, uh, again, that's why when every time you say it depends, I really do support that is because there is not like a step-by-step -step guidebook and be like, don't do this, but do this. And it's, yeah, I, I think it's very interesting. Also working with different product managers, I see different style of, you know, managing a product and also different skills that come into uh, the team. I, I think there is definitely a spectrum of how to do it, right? Like you like you said. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely, and it depends a lot on the product manager as well. So what, you know, what is their background? What level of experience do they have? What style do they have as far as product management goes? And what does the team kind of expect? You know, if there's a stronger team, as far as uh, their level of expertise is with uh, product management and design and that sort of thing, then, you know, they may be a little bit less dependent on a product manager for you know specific level mm -hmm. of technical expertise whereas right. you know a different team might have more needs as far as that goes and so um team maturity might play a lot into it as well all right so we have talked about a lot of the requirements of what makes you a good product manager and what kind of skills um we're looking for in a product manager and i think this is also another hot question that a lot of people are googling at home when they're looking at product management jobs and you know going into that direction um what is the difference between a product owner and a product manager i don't even think i have a good answer to that but <laughs> i i i want to hear yeah the right answer from you yeah it's a really good question and i feel like every time a you know you mistake a product manager and a product owner um it's i feel like it's an easy thing to do just because you know if you're if you're kind of not in the depths of product management and product ownership, then it's probably a, like a forgivable thing. Um, but for every time you do it, I feel like you should get added to like a Slack channel or another meeting or something like that, just because it's, I don't know. It's like one of those things. <laughs> Is that punishment? Like, yeah. It's like, pun like a punishment. To? Yeah. Like a, just a little punishment just because, you know, uh, they're a little bit different. So product owner is like a, a very specific role within a within a scrum team. And so like if we're looking at the scrum framework, you know, product owner is the role kind of within that framework where you have your scrum master, your product owner, and your development team. And product owners have kind of very specific tasks that they're responsible for, like prioritizing a backlog, creating user stories, and accepting those user stories. So it's like a very limited scope of work that they are technically responsible for. And so that's kind of the product owner and product ownership in a very limited term. And then when we think about product managers and product management, 
I think of it in terms of kind of a broader scope in that a product manager really should be responsible for all of those things. So they own that role with the scrum within the scrum team. So they have all of those responsibilities, but they also have a lot more responsibility as well. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of the broader job that they have as far as, you know, working on creating the strategic vision for that product, working with the stakeholders, working on the, the roadmap for the product and, um, you know, working with customers, uh, doing all of these other things that kind of make the product a, holistic experience and not just kind of the role within the scrum team. So if you took scrum out of the equation and it just went away and you weren't doing it anymore, a product manager would still be there doing all of those things, but a product, that product owner role could potentially be gone and that would, you know, that would be okay. So that's kind of the way I think about it is if you had like this little circle, which is the product owner and then a bigger circle encompassing it, that's the product manager. And it has all of those things that a product owner does, plus a lot more because they have just broader responsibility. And that really is the job or career of a person. It just has a lot more to it than product ownership in kind of a more, which is kind of a more limited uh, way of thinking about it. I see. So, but um, from what you have said, it sounds like, those two positions can coexist, right? But with product manager having a little more uh, responsibility and seeing a bigger picture outside of what a product owner might see. Is that accurate? Yeah, they can, they can definitely coexist, uh, especially within, um, you know, kind of a hybrid world, which is something that is kind of exists where we are right now. Um, where we're kind of borrowing from other places to have uh, <laughs> help. Um, where I think it gets a little bit more dicey and where I've seen it be less successful is where you have a very sp specific split between mm -hmm. product managers and product owners in kind of a scaled agile framework. So for companies that use scaled agile or safe, they have specific roles for product managers who are tasked with only the like strategic roadmap and customer facing part of it and none of the team facing part they kind of do all of that interesting um, yeah strategic facing customer facing stuff and then hand it all over to a product owner who then does all of the team facing stuff and that's a far less successful way of doing it just because you're kind of like separating out the roles and responsibilities and now what really should be one person's role in owning like start to finish that product you've now made it two people's role and you've kind of separated out the strategic vision and the customer yeah. relationship and ownership from working with the team and prioritizing and really put like separation between those two. And I think that's where you get a lot more difficulty in like successfully executing on, you know, what should be done, which isn't what we do, thankfully. Um, and <laughs> by design, like we, yeah. we won't do that. Um, 
but places that do that, it's just it. I see it as being far less successful, and I'm very much opposed to that kind of setup. So they can exist and and do exist separately. I think that you want them to be much more encompassing, where a product manager really has kind of that end to end ownership, and then the product owner role um, can it can exist. But you wouldn't want to separate it out like they do in scaled agile, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, from my experience working with different product managers, I cannot imagine having somebody who's in charge of one part of the process. And then like, at what point do you decide, okay, I need to have this conversation about this one upcoming change with both of them, one of them, you know, or three of them. I don't know how many. Yeah. So that that sounds a little chaotic and maybe it's just that i have an experience you know being on a team with multiple of, of you know product owner or multiple product managers or however that multiplies and um but yeah and and i at the beginning of what you were saying someone mistaking uh the product ownership and product management role if they mix it together they deserve more what is that slack channels and meetings <laughs> I really thought you were going to say like, oh, a product fairy loses their wings or something <laughs> like that. Cause it sounded like you were just right there, but. Uh, no, I, I was going to save that for product manager and project manager. That's where like a, a, a fairy loses its wings or a unicorn loses its horn or something like that. So yeah, I never brought that up. Yeah. Two seconds well, ago. Well, that's that okay. Never happened. Yeah. But that's, yeah, that's where magic is lost and the world becomes a little darker and somebody sheds a silent tear because they die a little bit. <laughs> Very <inside>. harsh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, maybe I'll borrow that for <laughs> next time because, you know, UX designer, product designer, so many Ooh, fairies. There you go. Yep. <laughs> dropping, dropping like flies. <laughs> That's a very American thing to say too. I <laughs> I'm still learning that, but <laughs> so I have one other very important question for you. And I think, again, this is where a direction that a lot of um, potential product manager managers can come through is from project management. Uh, from your perspective, what is the difference between project management and product management? Yeah. So this is where a, a product fairy would lose its wings or a unicorn <laughs> would lose its horn and become a normal horse. Um, when, whenever you mistake a product manager for a project manager, like we just, we cry like a little silent tear and that's no offense. Who's the one crying? The product manager? The product manager. Yeah. We just, we, we get just a little hurt inside. That's certainly no offense to, to project managers. So there's two reasons that I think it kind of hurts for a product manager. First is that it means we as product folks haven't really explained our roles really well and that people don't understand the difference. So that makes us feel like we haven't done a very good job communicating. Second is that we, we haven't helped people understand the difference between a product and a project. And that's probably where it hurts even worse is because it's not so, so much personal to us as product people, but it's more personal in kind of the ownership of the product itself. So going back to that ownership that product managers and product people feel for the product, 
is that we haven't done a good job helping people understand the importance of the product itself. And so when they think of uh, product managers and don't understand the difference between a product and a project, that really, it, it kind of hurts inside a little bit because a product really is something that should be long lived and have value over a long time frame. Whereas a project is is different just by its nature. It's something that is, you know, has a, a beginning and an end, uh, is, is finite. And so the the fact that folks just don't have that understanding between the difference between a product and a project is just something that that product managers, I think, can take personally. And that's where a little bit of that magic is lost and that that feeling of a little bit of pain inside can can come into play. And then the difference between the roles is really a difference in focus between what product managers and project managers are doing. And you know that's an important designation between the two things. Product managers really are focused on you know, the strategic value of their products. What is the holistic experience? What is it that we're doing across the entire product for the entire product lifecycle? Project managers, much more focused on what is the near term? What is the execution? How are we delivering a certain thing, a certain feature, uh, a certain feature set? Um, product managers looking much more or should be looking much more about what is the value of what we're doing? How can we be delivering value to users, to the business? Uh, project managers, much more focused on how can we uh, deliver within a scope? So a time frame, a plan, um, you know, a set, a, a, a set scope of features, something like that. Product really focused on the outcomes or should be focused on the outcomes project much more focused on the process how can we you know maximize the process product uh, focused on you know much more focused on the learning how can we learn iterate and continue to drive forward project much more focused on the plan how can we uh, you know execute on the plan uh, again, going back to kind of that execution product, again, focus on the testing and the feedback and the learning project, project much more focused on tracking and the milestones. Again, going back to that idea of the plan and product, it's I think of it much more as kind of achieving a state of being uh, where it's never really done uh, and it's always improving. And again, going back to that life cycle, whereas project is much more about a fixed goal. Again, it's that time frame, you know, beginning, end, and we're done, where it's done and it's over, versus product, where you know the product life cycle is is a much longer thing. And you know, given that, it's not something that we're really ever done with. Uh, given that you know a product really is meant to deliver value over a much longer time frame, so those are some of the differences between a product and a project, and what a product manager is focused on 
versus a project manager and some of the differences between their focuses and, and why the roles are so different and the focuses are so different. For example, if, you know, to deliver a good product, it wouldn't necessarily be, you know, we need to come in and we need to get something done and out the door. Um, you know, that might be something that you need to do, but really what you want to do is you want to come in and find a problem and figure out how to address that. And that might take, you know, multiple iterations of delivering something. So it's not really just coming in and saying, okay, we need to build feature X and then get it out the door, which would be a project. You know, you need to come in and say, our users are having this problem. We need to figure out how to solve it and iterating over that until we figure out how to solve that. And that's much more the realm of product management. And so really focusing in on the problem, how we solve it, and not necessarily getting caught up in, you know, we need to deliver X thing in X time frame. You know, what's the scope? What's the budget? That type of thing. It's much more about what's the value and how do we find that? And then how do we ensure that we're solving the problem for the user? So that's kind of where product managers, you know, they, they have that sense of, you know, please don't call us a, a, pro <laughs> a project manager because it's, it hurts, it's a different, right? yeah, it's a, it's a different focus. Totally, totally. And, and from my experience too, the product managers that I've worked with usually have a lot more of the uh, strategic vision of what's coming up next, where the project manager or, you know, scrum master, whatever that person is on your team, um, that is helping with the, like you said, the deliver, delivery portion of it is focusing on more like how do we make the one feature that we're working on this week, how do we make sure it actually happens within, within this, this sprint or however, you know, the project management uh, model is. Um, and it's more immediate and it really is also more on the ground level from what I experienced um, too. But I definitely think that like, it's not saying project management is not important in the product development, but it's, they do have different responsibilities and they're both very, very much needed. I remember for a while on my previous product team, we didn't have anyone who was doing the project management side of things. And it was so hard because then it fell on the product manager to also take care of that part. And it's, I could see that it was just chaotic because there was just so much of the future and also the present that needed to be taken care of. And it, it, it was tough. Yeah. You're, got our, sorry. Oh yeah. No, you're exactly right. Like two very different things and two very important things. And so like understanding that they're very different, very critical in their own way, but understanding like there's a big difference between the two and that we have to like have this understanding of like where each of them fit and why each of them are important and like where is the right place for each of them because like when you start to confuse the two that and gosh this is gonna be like a, another episode or series of episodes too where you start to like confuse one for the other you start to run into a lot of problems and you know, where, where you start to think like we just need to get features out the door like have this you know more of a project focus rather than thinking you know strategic and value you start just creating things without uh focusing on why or what's the value 
and you lose a lot of the value of the product and that's just that gets you a product that nobody wants or nobody uses but then to your point like having a good project manager to make sure that you're actually getting things done and delivered and focusing on the here and the now and the execution is also a critical thing and a lot of teams without that will end up spinning or not actually being able to execute and so having both of those things is often very critical for a good team to function and so they're very very different roles in a lot of circumstances and often very very important in their own right i have an idea yeah. instead of calling them project manager i think that's also where it's easily confused as product manager <laughs> right i say we just call them ship lords <laughs> that was an idea that came from my last team we're like yeah matt is in charge of shipping so ship lord like there you go like kind of a pirate flavor in in there nice. but yeah i I, I think you uh, summarize that very perfectly of what why they're different and and again they're both important we love them both yeah. I mean I do um, so yeah and and that brings us to my last question of why do we want to draw this line and acknowledging that they're different roles between you know project project manager product manager product owner product manager what is what is your uh, thoughts and feelings towards that. I think drawing the line really helps us understand and articulate where the value is and where the focus is. So understanding that a product manager is going to be very focused on the strategic direction of a product, where it's going, what the value proposition is, why we're building it, and what the holistic experience is going to be. So again, what is that business value? What is the user experience going to be like? Why are we doing this thing so that we don't lose sight of, of those things in the process of building it and in the process of going through the iterations? Because if we do that, you know, there's a lot of different terms out there like feature factory or build trap or um, yeah, those are some that come to mind where we just get in the process of building things without ever measuring what we're doing or going back to say, did we actually build the thing that we needed? Did it solve the user problem? Did it deliver value to the business? Those are problems that we have if we don't have a, a product. I think of it as like a product mindset of looking at um, the product value that we're trying to provide. And so making that differentiation and saying, you know, here's what a product manager is doing, what their focus is, and why they're doing what they're doing so that we're constantly focused on the value to the business and, the t and to the user and doing the right thing. And then also making sure that, you know, from a project perspective, we're, you know, keeping things moving forward, that teams are, you know, executing in the right way, that they're focused on improving their processes and um, doing things that keep them moving forward and uh, keep improving and uh, just keep those wheels in motion. Like those are important parts of improving and getting better. And, um, you know, obviously projects are uh, important things to be able to say, like, you know, here's what we're going to do and here's our plan and here's, you know, 
when we're going to get it done. And so we're never going to get away from that. And, and we don't necessarily want to. And so being able to say, here's the project portion of something, and here's how it fits into our broader strategy and the, the value that we're trying to deliver and being able to make those differentiations and draw those lines so that it all kind of fits together into this bigger picture of here's the the value that we're driving towards and here's kind of the plan of how we're going to get there and when we do that i think we have a much better picture of the holistic experience and and what we're doing and why we're doing it than just you know one or the other obviously if it was just you know, here's what we want to do without any how we're going to do it. You know, that wouldn't work for any business. But on the, and I don't know any that really operate that way. It's more the other way of here's what we're going to do. And, you know, a a long plan of, you know, here's all the things we're going to deliver, but without any why we're going to do it or how we're going to measure it. Um, you know, that's much more often the trap that we fall into of we're going to measure the number of features that we build we're going to measure the number of like releases and things that we launch and like timelines that we hit without ever going back and saying did it accomplish that we what we hoped for did it deliver the value are users like actually using it and happy and that sort of thing like that's where we need to constantly be going back and if we are not solving the problem like are we leaving ourselves the ability to go back and say you know we didn't we we didn't actually accomplish anything here. We need to now go back and actually solve this problem rather than just move forward with a plan that we laid out or with a timeline or anything like that and actually make sure that we're delivering the value that we set out for. That is such an important aspect that you just brought up to the how do we measure uh, success portion of this because it really means nothing to the business if at the end of the day we cannot deliver something um, tangible. And, and it's, like you said, easy to get into the habit and say, let's build, build, build. And then after that, it's like, oh, what happened to the first thing we built this month? Oh, we don't know yet. <laughs> and, and maybe that's why I come in and sell myself and say, hey, I can help you <laughs> to measure a little bit of that success. <laughs> yeah. But um, that, that, that's very interesting. And of course, um, I know that we have this topic on the list um, for a future podcast uh, episode idea that we're going to dive into like, yeah. How do we, how do we measure that? But I'm, I'm so glad that you brought that up too, because that tend to be, um, an easy habit to fall into. I've seen it happen where, yeah, let's just, again, keep pushing. And I, I've never heard of the term, um, what did you say? Feature factory? Feature factory. Yep. Is that kind of like the, the bad name that you, you don't want to get into? Yeah. In you don't, yeah. Name? You don't want to be a feature factory. You don't want to be, you don't want to fall into the build trap. So fe- yeah, I'll, I'll find uh, the article. That one's uh, John Cutler, I believe, uh, an article he wrote. And then Melissa Perry uh, has a book on escaping the build trap. Um, so we can link those in the show notes. Uh, it's good. Yeah. Good things that you don't want to have happen to you. So you don't want to get into the build trap and you don't want to become a feature factory. Wow. I can see. Um, I don't know at what episode we say that we we have made it but let's say that in the future now we have some sticker ideas and some t-shirt ideas <laughs> and some merch ideas on the table 
but that is very interesting feature factory and built trap and um i mean on the design side we say that oh don't be a pixel pusher right just yeah. due to the build and not think about what is actually the purpose of this thing and so yeah that's very interesting that you guys have like dirty names that you call each other to. <laughs> <laughs> in a way yeah but, um yeah i have one follow-up question uh to what you just said too is um so you kind of explain why we want to make make it very clear why this is you know product management and why that is not. Um, do you have do you have any uh, specific advice for for any individuals who are trying to help their uh, company or their team to move into product management that direction? Because I, I see that I mean we are in that position where just kind of starting and we have, you know, and not me personally, but there was a lot of conversations and a lot of convincing and a lot of like show and tell that needed to happen before the organization actually was like, Oh, you know what, this is worth it. Now let's do it. Do you have any advice for any folks who are trying to, um, I guess start that momentum or, you know, uh, try to convince it or to buy into product management? Do you have any advice for them? Oh man, I feel like this is going to have to be another like full episode because this is such a this is going to be <laughs> such a big topic too. But yeah, I think a couple of things. One is show the value of what's being done so far. Uh, nothing really helps convince people like showing the value of what you're working on and why it's important and the way that you have been providing value up to a certain point. And I think that that's like one of the most convincing things uh, that you can, that you can do is show that, you know, here's what we, you know, where we would have been had we continued in a certain way. And here's what we are doing now with, you know, some of the, the product principles. Um, another thing too, is, is I think you have to just get, like a champion or some champions who understand uh, product management and product principles in order to you know, help start pushing things in the right direction. So whether that's product management or product design, um, you know, at like a VP level or above, so they can start helping push things along uh, and get, you know, just get the ball rolling uh, and then start really so that's kind of like a top-down approach. And then from a bottom-up, just kind of start implementing some of the things as well so that you can start to demonstrate some of the value. So start making the case, get people on board from a, a top-down level, and then start implementing some of the things from like a bottom-up level so that uh, as your organization progresses, you have some things to start show, start to show, and you can really just start making some of the changes from a grassroots level. I, I guess that would be some of the, like the initial three. I really like that. And I want to toss this idea in the mix too, is that um, earlier, like we talked about, we, we have to kind of show why it matters in a way that is tangible to stakeholders, to people who are able to make the decision to adopt, you know, product management or whatever it is that you're trying to sell to the uh, we call them upper management, <laughs> but, uh, so it's, it definitely matters of what the business is investing in. Right. Cause if, at the end of the day, if the dollar that they put into product management or whatever it is that you want to substitute product management to be like any, 
anything that costs money, like it should bring back a certain dollar amount um, for the organization to justify that. It makes sense. Right. And I keep bringing it back to design, but um, this is something I'm going to definitely talk about in the next episode is that people think design is very much, Oh, it's about feeling good, helping the user to feel good. But then it doesn't, to me, it doesn't stop there. Right. To the organization, it does um, bring uh, revenue back in many ways, you know, and, and, and I'll just leave it, leave it at that for now. But so, yeah, there, there's a lot of uh, um, talking points for someone to bring to the rest of the organization or leadership to have that conversation. Right. And um, Kyle, you brought up a lot of good materials and good reasons for them to do that. And I'm excited to um, hear if anyone who is in the middle of that or trying to have that conversation, because I, I would imagine it's not easy to be that person who starts that movement. Right. Cause it is a giant belief that, how do you tell people about all these things if they have never heard about it? Um, especially with companies that have been around for maybe uh, 10, 15 years, they have always been doing things the way they do. You know, how do you convince that, you know, and yeah. then convey that idea, yep. right? Yep, definitely. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, we should definitely dive into that one a little bit more. I think that's a great one. Do you want to do it today or in our next i don't know yeah no let's do it in the next one yeah 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 i think i'm running out of oxygen in my in my little (laughs) closet (laughs) i'm feeling it but all right with that said i think that is all that we have for today on product management and we would love to hear what you guys think and uh, we'll link any channels and (laughs) places where you can find us and kyle do you have anything you want to add uh no i think that's good i'll i'll just uh give uh, give our shout out unless you had a shout out for for any features today oh i have a complaint but a complaint? <laughs> like, okay should i go first or should you go first is yours good uh good feature experience? yeah it was good but if you got a complaint we'll go with a complaint today i don't know is it bad to talk about a complaint <laughs> i mean I don't know how many listeners we have because I mean it's not like I'm on national TV complaining about someone. (laughs) Um, it's very quick. It's just my experience of buying this uh, Yeti (laughs) microphone from Best Buy (laughs) was really fun, and getting an email saying like, "Oh, you think it was in stock? Like we told you on the website," and then an hour later they're like, "Oh, just kidding, it's not in stock." (laughs) I was like, "Oh no." where do I find one? And it was just really interesting. Cause I, I was thinking like, how do they uh, manage that API or database or how do they keep track of that inventory when you, when you can see on the website, Oh, there's one. And then they tell me, Oh, there's none. You know, after I give them the money, I mean, the, the illusion of giving them the money, I guess, cause they didn't charge my card yet, but the experience feels very like, Oh, Oh, very much like, Oh, I gave you money. And now you're telling me you don't have it, but you told me you did an hour ago. Um, and the most interesting part is that after uh, I got that email, then I went on their website again and it did update and say, Oh, it is out of stock. So I do see that there is some sort of kickback, some sort of, some sort of, you know, uh, machine telling the other machine, Hey, we actually don't have any, don't disappoint other people. 
Um, so that was very interesting. And I guess, okay, not so much a complaint. And let's just say I had a less than happy experience, but good, good for them to make sure that it, you know, gets updated after. All right. So yeah. There you go. Fix your stuff, Best Buy. <laughs> That's right. Don't disappoint me again. Yeah. <laughs> Do not disappoint <laughs> us. Yeah. Oh, I'll save it for ne- uh, for the next one. Wait, why? It's good, right? Uh, yeah. Don't we have to balance it out after I complain oh. about something and I don't know. Okay. Well, it was just uh I was gonna give a shout out to Triscuits where <laughs> <laughs> Now we must hear what this is about. Well, there was a there was a fun Twitter thread where they apparently found out where Triscuits got their name. And I loved Triscuits as a kid, but they did some diving. And I don't know who invented Triscuits, but I was just gonna we'll give a shout out last episode to the inventor of copy paste. So I was gonna give a shout out to Triscuits today because I I saw that uh, apparently I did not know. Yeah, apparently it. it was the they invented them in like 1903 and they were like the first cracker that they were made with electricity. So electricity biscuit, Triscuit combined the name. That's where it came from. Somebody did some internet sleuthing on old ads, put that together because apparently Nabisco didn't even know, like they sent an email to Nabisco and were like, how did this get its name? And they're like, we don't know. And so they like had to go find out. So, there you go. Credit wow, to that is Internet so Sleuth and credit to to Triscuit. So shout out to Triscuits today. Wow. I now regret that I didn't click into that that thread. Yeah, great thread. That's crazy. Electricity biscuits, which is even better than Triscuit. So I think there's like a petition to change the name back to or change it to electricity biscuit, because that's way cooler. Oh, so it wasn't Triscuit. It just no, got kind of a I think it was, yeah, it was, it was always Triscuit, but it it came from like, it was a biscuit made with electricity. So electricity biscuit, Triscuit. It's great. See how naming your product is so important and that somehow is the hardest part to do naming anything. But this is such a fascinating story. Yeah. I like how we started the episode with me not knowing that you can, well, I kind of knew that you can order stuff off Costco, but then I didn't think about like, oh, groceries. And then at the end of this episode, I learned something new. Yeah. About Triscuit. There it is. You, this is most educational podcast there is out there. <laughs> we'll, we will we'll go up against any other podcast that there is. Take that. Uh, let's fight. Yeah. No, I can't fight. But yeah, so far, this has been great. All right. right. I guess this is where we can wrap up and just escape, exit, um, run away. Yes. Yep. Yep. The the end. (laughs) The end. That's what I say in meetings. The end. Just so that you know, I am actually done. Okay. I guess we can say the end. And thank you for listening. Yeah. See you next time. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app. You can find out more about us and our podcast on our website at productbydesign.co. You can also follow us on Twitter at prodbydesign. That's at prod underscore by underscore design. 
You can follow me on Twitter at Kyle Larry Evans. And you can also find Eva on Twitter at Yon Chow Chow. See you next time.